did we plan this? Like episode one forty, uh, you know, landmark milestone. You've got Lemsip. I've got Brewdog. This is an ASMR experience. <laughs> do we want Brewdog sponsoring us? I don't know. They just got sued twelve grand for sacking a blind guy. Did you oh, wait, no, that? I didn't hear this news. Let's kick, up, kick into the podcast earlier today. Brewdog had been sued 12 grand for sacking a blind guy. <laughs> right, so I've got Brewdog Punk IPA here, postmodern classic. How much more hipster could you get? Well, you could go for one of their ones that don't get sold in Tesco. Like De- <laughs> Dead Pony Club? Elvis impersonation or whatever it's called? Elvis juice, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Regardless, Brewdog got sued. Uh, I think they paid 12 grand because they basically there was a, a worker who was going blind and they were like, sorry, mate, you don't have a job anymore. What was, well, what was his job? Because if his job was, was like reading labels and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I can imagine any sort of job really, especially for Brewdog, would involve using your eyes. And they were just like, oh, oh, well, sorry. I mean, I'm sure there are just better ways of going about it than opposed yeah. to what they did, which was like, sorry, mate. Just you're fired. See you later. I'm surprised that their marketing team didn't get fired for Pink IPA. Beer for girls. Well, see, that was kind of like, it just remind, reminded me of Yorkie. Like, Yorkie was... Chocolate for men. Yeah, which is like man chocolate, not for <laughs> girls. How dare you, girls? But, can, do they still do that? They must not. They probably not. don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, that was... Like, Brewdog are, are really annoying me lately. Well, I was I was in for food and in their menus and or sort of table, table reading... They had like projections of their stock value or whatever, and how much better they are than other beer companies. And they're just, I'm never going back. I can't stand it when businesses are like, "Oh, look at us and how shiny and good we are." It's the impression I always got Brewdog. Like as much as I do enjoy their beer, they do just appear to be hipster douchebags, like thinking they are better than tenants and everybody else. I'm sure like they are tastier than tenants, but just because you are doesn't mean you have to shout about it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Welcome to episode 140, which we accidentally are doing in person. Not sponsored by Brewdog or Lemsip or Tonsillitis. Well, it could be sponsored. Yeah, don't. Tonsillitis, get out of here. Please leave. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry everyone. Uh, usually when one of us is unwell, we try not to talk about it anymore because we're always unwell. You say but since we, Colin can't really edit out my coughs this time, because we've got two mics in the room. <laughs> it's fine. Like I think people, you know, appreciate the rawness of these episodes a bit more, and because they're so infrequent, you know, you can kind of you can kind of get along with it. You know, it's not so bad as <laughs> get a, over it, everyone. Exactly. I can't edit this to within an inch of its life, which is what <laughs> I usually do. Because anytime we both talk at the same time, nope, can't edit it. But. Any, at least with, like, clean gaps when there's, like, you know, when I take seven seconds to think of something funny, at least I can still delete that. Yeah, it still works. I'm sure it'll be an enjoyable episode for all of you, episode 140, season parade. Hello, I'm James, and over there is Colin. Hey, it's Colin, hey! How's it going? That was weird. I never do that. I think I said episode 141. I, I, I think it's 140. <laughs> it's 140. I've got no idea what episode count this is, everyone. I don't know what day it is. There's also a lot... In this episode, I must say, we have we have really jam-packed this one full. Uh, also, in terms of the getting guests on the show, that has kind of uh, been going for a while, but I will be uh, inviting some of you over the next few days, with at least four people in mind, Ooh. who I could get um, in the show. So please, check your emails yeah. and your, your text messages. And anyone and out there that considers themselves a closer friend of mine than they do Collins? Absolutely. Please get in touch with me instead of Collins. Yeah, you might, well, you must know a few people who could who could be a dab hand at this. We're, yeah. cur- we're currently on the grand total of two guests. Everyone is afraid of hearing their own voice, though. So they... 
Just protect. Just get on with. It. Just get over it. You get. You do get over it pretty quick. Because I listen to, as I've said many times now, I listen to all the episodes these days, and it takes it takes about thirty seconds. And then I'm like, oh, this random voice in my head's hilarious. I wish I was as funny as this guy. As you, that's when you're listening to me, right? I'm gonna drink my lemsip. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, episode one forty. James, uh, not not doing so well. We bit under the weather, but uh, I'm also fine uh, health wise but <laughs> um, well i'm also great i'm also great uh although work sucks and uh i know that's that bike going to lurk isn't yes. it <laughs> uh, no roses were left for me by the stairs but surprises <laughs> let me know she cares okay anyway <laughs> let's begin uh with some news from last week the oscars trying to stay relevant in today's day and age, their yeah. TV audience has fallen by 16 million. And the people since... that care about them has fallen by a billion. Yes, yeah, since 2014. Down and down and down they go. So, to try and make them relevant again, they have <laughs> created a new award category. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, best stunt man. It's outstanding achievement in popular film. Yeah, it's, hey, you made a lot of money. Essentially, yes. Now, this is because I think in the last few years, the Oscars have been seen as increasingly out of touch with what the public like. For example, in the last few years, you've had winners like Moonlight and Birdman, which, as much as the critics might have loved them, the public weren't quite so hot on them. Yeah. Is this Oscar going to change that? Like, because films, it's talked, you know, the, the, the films that were mentioned in this sort of, oh, oh who, who could be nominated this time? If the if this award was in the last one, surely Black Panther was going to win it. Yeah, because it's just going to be the you made the most money award. So is that really a, re- an, a re- an, an reward? Like, but, is it an award just be like, yeah, you made money. Clap, but like, clap, clap, these, clap. these films have all, you know, big blockbusters have already been recognised and do get recognised, surely. You know, not maybe always in the best film category, but films like Arrival... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even, like, Star Wars got a few visual effects and sound ones. Well, the big films usually get the technical Oscars already. It's just they want to make something that isn't one of the technical Oscars that no one cares about, but they're just making a new category that no one cares about, which is public opinion Oscars. Who cares about the public opinion? We know that already. So, so you think this is a terrible idea? Well, I don't think it's going to mean anything. Maybe it will. Maybe in, like, in February or whatever the Oscars is on... They'll, they'll tell us all that the next Marvel film got won the Oscar for the most popular film. I don't think anyone's going to care. Do you, yeah, do you think it'll be recognised as like a real Oscar? It's like, oh, they just got like the, the pretend made up one. Yeah, they got the one that got made up for approachable films, but not good films. They've also brought the ceremony forward to February 9th, as opposed to, what, the start of March it was this year? Oh man, I just picked February out of the blue there. I'm, I'm a genius. <laughs> I'd... Uh... And they've also ensured the telecast is a precise three hours because they felt like the four or five hour runtime where they go through, oh, best dressed in a classical ensemble was just a wee bit too much for everybody to endure. And do you think that cutting down the Oscars is a good way to go here? Reduce the, the number, make them more prestigious? The only thing, though, is that does this like then open the floodgates to best sword fights or hottest female alien? Mm, no, but maybe it'll open the floodgates to like all of the best film and all the he's currently have like best film and we got like best comedy. Maybe there's gonna be most outstanding popular comedy that <laughs> technically wasn't good, but people laughed but at it. But that's more for the Golden Globes. Like the Golden Globes have the best 
comedy drama thing sewn up. So maybe this is where the Oscars are going now. They're just going to start making things that are so precise that no one cares anymore. Because then, but then you get the weird thing where some Golden Globe winners or even in the nominees, you'd be like, that was neither a comedy nor a drama. Why is it? Like the big short was in like comedy musical or something like that. You're like, there was neither. Yeah. But nonetheless. I think award shows are kind of dying anyway. I don't think people care about them in general anymore. Right. Who knows why? Maybe it's because we've got the internet. We're also connected to what's good already. We don't need an award show to tell us what was good. Okay. Well, one of the films which will probably or definitely will not be in the uh, category for next year is Venom. Now, this has been long mooted. I think it comes out in the next month or so. Tom Hardy, of course, uh, as the eponymous anti-hero. The news this week... Much to the chagrin of fanboys and probably me and James. Uh, and maybe fangirls too. And fangirls too. Yeah, let's not be sexist here. Uh, the film is aiming for a PG-13 rating. Yes. Which is the equivalent of a 12A. I always like an anti-hero that doesn't kill anyone. This doesn't really fit with what we've seen in the trailers. Because in the trailers, like Venom is biting people's heads off. How is this meant to work? Well, maybe PG-13 slash 12A ratings... Uh, are more like 15s nowadays. Like, the rating system seems to be slipping more and more and more into... That's true. ...things being more and more acceptable. Uh, the only thing that's... Like, as long as the film doesn't have boobs or <laughs> more than one F-word, it won't be more than a 12 or whatever. Because Americans and us Brits have a very unusual opinion of what's acceptable, wherein we'll see, like, 100 people get decapitated, and it's like, eh, that's cool, the kids can handle that. But if you see, like, a flash of boob... No, no, no! It's <laughs> an 18. Much. Too many boobs. You're right, and that standards have slipped, and that certain films, which perhaps in the past were, I'm pretty sure Gremlins is a 15. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Okay, well, there's films like Gremlins, maybe like even Jaws, films like that, which you know, if you look at them now, you're like, why on earth was that rated so highly? Whereas nowadays, yeah, you're right, you can get away with an F bomb and still have a 12A rating, but not two because two's so much worse than one. (laughs) It's very true. The rating systems just don't make sense. They maybe they made sense when films weren't so. Like, I don't know, huge. Kids didn't see them so much. There's also ways that films are kind of getting around that, in particular Marvel and also The Meg, which a review of which is coming, by the way. Oh, uh, in which Hold on to your shoes. Hold on to your butts. Uh, actors, or rather the script, insinuates that the actor's about to say the F word. Yeah, and Im- then the implied, camera... Implied language. The camera yeah. cuts or the, the person dies before they get to say it or, you know, the door closes just as they're saying it. Yeah, but and surely that's like the sex scene fading to black to keep the thing at 12 as well. Like, just before the top comes off. Ooh, fade. It's like, oh no, they just kissed and hugged. Yeah. That was all. Well, no, it just... Here you go, 12-year-old. Imagine it instead of seeing it. That's better. Okay. Yeah, well, indeed. Anyway, Venom, PG-13, what do you think? Well, I think surely this is another nail in the coffin to 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 coin a term there. I think I'm the first person to say that one. Uh, it's just another bad sign. First, we had Tom Hardy doing an American accent, bad sign in any film. Yep. Uh, then we then we had the 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 on the nose, embrace your anti-hero marketing, or embrace your inner villain. I don't remember it. The on the nose marketing. Your inner demon, or you're like, come on. Yeah, like the dumb marketing, and then the stupid voice for Venom, and now we've got the fact that it's not even going to be gritty at all, or violent, or gory, or anything evil. It's just going to be like some friendly, cuddly black monster running around. Your friendly neighborhood Venom. Tarman. Tarman running around eating people with some teeth. Right, okay, moving on. Star Trek 4. Uh, the long-mooted sequel to the third film that nobody really asked for. Star Trek 3, yeah. 
it is now under threat because both Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth yeah. uh, have walked away from negotiations due to money. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, I imagine it's because they're not being paid enough. As well, to, oh, think, no, no, you've yeah. paid me too much. I must leave. I don't think they'd walk away because they're getting offered too much money. Yeah, yeah, they, now, this um, is a problem because obviously Chris Pine is the main character. And he does a pretty great job. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. And then Chris Hemsworth is... If you remember the first film, when Chris Hemsworth was a tiny, tiny actor who no one had heard of. Yeah, he was still a little boy back then. He was Captain... That was, to tell you what, in terms of casting, that is a tremendous cast right yeah, there. Yeah, nicely done. Uh, yeah, he played Captain Kirk's dad. Who, he, who died. Who died. At the start of the first film. Spoilers. Sorry, everyone. So to get these two back on, they're going to have to shell out a bit more. Also, I'm wondering why they need the dad back, because he's dead. I imagine time travel will be involved. Not again. Maybe it's, it's another soft reboot. Maybe Thanos will show up. Anyway, uh, do you think this film is it? Do you think that's it? Is this it? Done? Dead? Don't make the film. I, I think films need to be made no matter what happens to the cast anyway. I don't like this idea that you can't just recast people and everyone gets over it. I'll stop you there. This film was literally greenlit because of Chris Hemsworth's character. Oh. Like, like he is the reason. Well, Chris Hemsworth for his character. His, if it, his if it's because the character was well written, then the film will get made anyway. If it's because they managed to get Chris Hemsworth interested, then the film probably won't be made. It's because they're they realized, oh, actually, this guy who basically had a forced minute cameo yeah. in the first film is now a megastar, like the starest of stars. Let's bring him back to chat with his son, and we'll make lots of money. And the thing is, they probably would make a lot of money. Yeah, but they're just not going to shell out for it right now. Yeah, they're on. They're they're trying to do a a, a low ball. And it has gone wrong. The guys have walked away. Okay. I don't know. I kind of hope the film gets made. I like it when films get made, whether they're good or bad, because then I get to talk about it. That's true. I think, uh, yeah, after a, a little bit of reluctance, they probably will shell out, because uh, I think a film with Chris Pine and Chris, Hems- Chris Hemsworth going at it, that's not quite the phrase I'm looking for. But going you know what I mean. at it. They're father and son <laughs> That's what I mean. Going at it hammer and tongs, but in the verbal sense. Uh, talking people interacting yes, absolutely people will pay to see that so yeah i don't know what the film was going to do but it, i like i like the thought that they were going to bring the character back if it was going to be a soft reboot let's go back in time again again to save the day again then i'm not so keen okay talking off uh casting decisions has really been the the theme of this week to be honest jungle cruise which yeah. you probably have not heard of but you will have heard of now that uh, Colin said it yes disney is facing a backlash for casting a straight man jack whitehall British comedian, as uh, their first openly gay character. How dare they? So the character is described as very effect, very camp, and very funny. Right, yeah. Why? I mean, one, that character sounds horrible, but how it, it dare they give a straight man a gay man role? Like, the character, yeah, the character does sound pretty, pretty horrendous, but everybody is now very offended. Yeah, because you know what? In real life, you're only allowed to act as the thing that you literally are. That's how acting works, Colin. You have to act as exactly you all the time. We have discussed this before and the fact that... I, I know we're this is ridiculous coming from people who are in their 20s, but times have changed. Times have changed. In that if Brokeback Mountain was being cast tomorrow and they cast two straight guys, yeah. there would be an uproar. Well, one of them's dead, so <laughs> that would be a bit of an uproar. It's true. But um, also, you know, when that film was made, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Nobody bad an eyelid because you're like, oh, great. Two actors acting. Acting. Uh, like pretending to be gay people. Now, the problem is far like, sure, maybe the internet's got a slight point here. Yeah. Gay actors aren't represented well because they're too gay to act the straight guys. That's Apparently, very true. according to casting 
chat rumors like from the casting rooms. I've never been in a casting room, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. The problem isn't then that you need to just make all the gay men act as the gay men and all the straight men act as the straight men and then same for the woman and same for all the others. You just let anyone act anyone. So gay guys should be getting straight parts, straight guys should be getting gay parts. No, and everything in between because they're actors. Let's not just try and shoehorn everyone into specifically their own role. And it's they're doing it in a positive way and for everyone that's not literally in the room, I'm air quoting positive. <laughs> okay. It's the false positivity that we're seeing all over the internet right now of like... We see the same thing with people's cultures. Like, you don't steal my culture and wear that dress to prom. Like, my culture is my culture. And it's like, no, that's just racism, but different. The only... The, or rather, sorry, the main notable gay actor I can think of who plays a straight role is Neil Patrick Harris as a womanizer in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and no was. one's like, hey, well, hold on a second. He's not straight. He can't be a womanizer. Well, yeah, and he did a very good job as a woman. Exactly. So I, the thing is, I okay, sure, Disney's description of the character is... The character sounds not great, <laughs> yeah, but that's does, a problem it of itself. But I don't understand this offence, this umbrage to Jack Whitehall's casting. I think Jack Whitehall would, would do a fine job, and obviously Disney agree. Yeah, well, we've been seeing this a few times recently with like trans, the trans parts going to non-trans people, and then that's an outrage. But the problem, that isn't the problem. The problem is that we're not casting trans people in other roles. They should be able to get roles that aren't trans roles, but f- somehow it's a positive thing to shoehorn all these, like s- minority groups into their specific roles, and then just like, ev- like I don't know what that leaves for everyone. Okay. Else. Well, on a very similar note, Ruby Rose, uh, Australian gender fluid actress, uh, has quit Twitter after she was cast as Batwoman, and then there was a backlash to that because Batwoman is a lesbian, and therefore. Right. Ruby Rose, because she is neither male nor female, or decides that she is neither male nor female, she can't be Batwoman because she's not gay enough. She's not gay enough. So it's not just that the fact you're straight and therefore you can't. In this case, it's you're not gay enough. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like I'm scratching my head as to who is. Obviously, is she's received enough abuse that she's left social media. Yeah, but that's just like. Is this the the point where like you literally have to take every box off that character? So therefore, so therefore you're no longer acting. Essentially, yes, and that you know, I think in Batwoman in the in the comics, this is what it's based on. Batwoman in the comics is a Jewish lesbian. Right. Ruby Rose is neither Jewish nor a lesbian. So therefore, she isn't allowed to play. So a therefore, Jewish she lesbian. yeah, exactly. So regardless of her look or her acting or whatever, she can't play that role. You're looking for a Jewish lesbian, and that's it. That's just not how casting works. Which this is why it's discriminatory to me. Which is why the CW, the, the TV show, by the way, not the, not not a film. Uh, it's why I think they're just sticking to it because they're like, look, this is the person we want to play the character. And frankly, I agree with them because they shouldn't have to kowtow to what people on Twitter think. Yeah, and, you know, maybe there's a Jewish lesbian actor out there. Uh, <laughs> I can't off the top of my head think of one, but I'm sure there are at least one or two. And you know what? They should be allowed to get any role they want as well. There shouldn't be limited and neither neither should Ruby. Then no one should be limited in what roles they apply for or what roles they're cast in as so long as they're acting it well. Are we going to continue down this rabbit hole of you can only play certain roles if you tick yeah, the certain boxes? The, right now, as I said probably last week and the week before that, the, the internet just, you get points for being outraged at things. You get The more, the more outraged you are, the more internet points you get. So this is going to be a continuing trend. For example, and I've not mentioned this in the in our running order, Idris Surprise Elba. Me. Sorry, Idris Elba. 
has been dropping hints on Twitter that he is in the next James Bond. Mm-hmm. There has already been outrage from like fan clubs, actual James Bond fan clubs, who say no. Ian Fleming wrote James Bond as a white guy. Yeah, with like a Scottish dad and therefore, a Swiss mother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, therefore Idris Elba cannot play him, but he yeah. could play a villain. That's just that's just that's just wrong, though, isn't it? Because these are all adaptions of the source. Well, exactly. You, you, yeah. When you're adapting, I think you can do whatever you want. And it goes back to the whole, like, Doctor Who argument. Like, should Doctor Who be a woman? Like, who cares? Like, if you want to make Doctor Who a woman, fine. Yeah, no just one's... do it well. You don't do it for points. Do it well. So quite a lot of times you see casting these days just trying to get points, doing picking someone that's not such a good actor because they're trying to get points on the internet. That's yeah. not good. They shouldn't need to do that. But also, you can't just complain about any other casting decisions because someone's of the wrong race or of the wrong, even the wrong gender or of the wrong sexuality. It's acting. Okay, we're going to fly through the rest of the movie news, but if you have any thoughts on casting, I would love to hear them. We would love to hear them. Uh, yeah, I can confirm that as a we. I would also love to hear them. <laughs> we on Snapchat, at Cease Operate, Twitter, at Cease Operate, Facebook, Cease Operate. Do your thing. Right, let's move on. Simpsons. Gmail.com. Simpsons 2 has been greenlit. James, this is, the sequel. This is a movie, not like Simpsons TV series. Yes, indeed. This is a movie. The Simpsons 2. After 11 years, mm-hmm. a sequel's on the way. Uh-huh. How are we feeling? Well, the first Simpsons film was entirely meh. Yes, very meh. Yeah. And the Simpsons TV writing at that time was also entirely meh. Whereas now the Simpsons TV writing, as far as I know, is pretty bad. So therefore I'm not excited about them doing anything. The TV show is now in its 30th season. It's the longest running continuous TV series or something like that. I mean, frankly, I'm amazed that they still have storylines. How can you have 30 seasons of a show for running for, what, 25 plus years and not run out of things to do? Because they're smart people. What we're forgetting here is that you and I aren't smart people. <laughs> That's very true. But also, it's imp- like it's impressive, but also it's no surprise that the quality of the show has dipped to the extent. It's what's going to happen. Once they started like hinging their episodes on tropes rather than good story, that's when it went wrong. They started having to like, emphasize certain characters' characteristics, and they started having celebrity guests on. Yeah, this, uh, uh, so sequel... the film, if I, if it is just a whole bunch of like celebrity cameos and cheap jokes that are current to this specific year, ain't gonna be good. Uh, it's expected twenty 2020, twenty 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 one. Uh, so yeah, don't look forward to that. Moving on, Lady and the Tramp, the latest in the Disney reboot as it goes through. Every single one of its old films. Call them reboots or call them like grasping to keep the copyright. So this one is for their much mooted and uh, highly anticipated streaming service. So this may not even see the light of uh, a cinema. Oh. Uh, But they've cast Tessa Thompson as the voice of Lady in this Lady in the Tramp reboot. She's not a dog. She's not a dog. How did she get the role? She's not a dog. She is one of the most sought after actresses in the world. And uh, yeah, so it's but it's yet another Disney reboot, and yet a Disney reboot, and yes, she is not a dog. Do we care? I mean, this is to me is just another example of how Disney is a out of ideas and b just desperate to make money, and will just go back to its classic and do them again for the twenty first century. Well, I don't think they're just going for the money grab, but the classics is it is also what I said because of the way copyright works. So long as if you're not refreshing the IP, you lose copyright. So they're trying to use their IPs in a new way, so they get to restart the copyright. The whole seventy something years plus thirty or whatever it is these days. So it's just a way for them to hold on to stories that they they didn't write in the first place, but somehow they've got the copyright on. Uh, Also, make a bit of free money 
and also support a streaming service. But it is mostly so they can hold on to the stuff that no other film studios can make now. Okay, we're going to segue our way through this slalom of stories expertly. So we've gone from Disney on to Disney slash Marvel, where Marvel are trying to convince Disney to rehire (laughs) James Gunn for the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Now, we discussed this last week. James Gunn obviously uh, fired after his comments on Twitter and his terrible, terrible jokes resurfaced. Yeah, his Uh, 10-year-old jokes resurfaced. Yes, indeed. That's 10-year-old jokes that he made 10 years ago. (laughs) Indeed. About 10-year-olds. Okay. Marvel trying to convince Disney that actually, yeah, no, bring him back. Sure, why not? All is forgiven. Is this going to change their minds? I mean, maybe. Mr. Mr. Kevin, the old Kev in charge of Figgy. Marvel, Figgy. He he's got he's had a lot of sway with Disney in the past. He's 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 gotten people removed from their jobs, he's gotten people hired to jobs. I'm not sure he's got the influence to make Disney undo a public decision. Yes. No one really has seemed to in the past. But it's a pretty decent shout as far as these things go. If yeah, you're right. If anyone was gonna get it done it's Kevin Feige, but this would if Disney reversed the decision, would undermine Disney's integrity, I think, because they've obviously made a very public stand. Yeah. And they've said, no, James Gunn is fired. We don't agree with his uh, sentiments, despite the fact we knew about them before this was raised. Uh, and I think if they backtrack and say, you know what, actually, yeah, sure, we're going to do that, it would be a PR disaster. They yeah. would get absolutely slated yeah. by everybody. There's no way out of this impulse decision. That being said, we, t- we talked about this last week. If you want to listen more, go back and listen to it again. If they don't rehire him, the third film's going to be a mess. Yeah, they are saying that they're going to stick with the script, which is a bit weird, because then what on earth is the point of firing the guy? Um, But either way, it's not going to be quite the same feel. Okay, going from Disney and Marvel to Marvel and Netflix. Hey. Slalom continues. Slalom. Season two filming has wrapped on The Punisher. Yay. Which, of course, is the John Bernthal-led drama slash actioner the yeah. first season of which was yeah, i think audiences enjoyed it more than critics did mostly good it needed a few fewer episodes yeah i think we were i mean very similar to the overwhelming majority of marvel tv shows it was just too long it was a slow one and the bits that they got right were good but there was a lot oh, of things to work some on. real bad stuff in there yeah right what, what do they need to work on then for the season two well, uh, they need to work on their car chases, for starters. Just <laughs> don't true. do those, because no, those are never good. Just just ignore them completely. They mm-hmm. need to work on cutting down how many episodes there are. I'm not sure that's an option for them, but if they just, you know, got rid of three episodes and made the story fast, it might be good. Okay. But as far as the acting goes, it, we're pretty solid. As far as the story writing goes, it's okay. It's trying to hit some current um, events and current discussions, so that's acceptable. What they need to do, though, in my opinion, is not have the bad guy that they're having the bad guy they're having is ben barnes who's best known from westworld mm-hmm. i was gonna call him logan he's he's logan in westworld i can't remember his name of the punisher but he's gonna play jigsaw yeah i can't remember his which name of the was punisher set either. up at the end of season one sorry spoiler was set up at the end of season one he's not dead he's still alive he just has a face which looks like a jigsaw yeah he's had his face like run down the shards of a mirror uh and I'm all for setting up a bad guy and then revisiting them. I just think it should wait for more than zero episodes. They they could leave him sitting for a season, maybe two seasons if they've got really long-term plans for The Punisher. I don't see the point in bringing him back immediately. They're going to, though. Yeah, they are going to. I just It just seems like a bad idea. Okay, and from Marvel to Netflix, 
And on to more Netflix, Stranger Things, Season 3. James, this one is all yours. Oh, they're saying it's going to be darker than ever before and filled with action. Just right. what we all wanted from Stranger Things. We didn't want, like, more character or, or, or story. We just wanted action and darkness. I don't know if you'll recall, dear listener, but my uh, angst about Season 2, not least the peculiar scenes in which characters died completely avoidable deaths mm, but also may he rest in peace r.i.p sean bean sean astin sean astin <laughs> r.i.p sean astin uh, also sean bean just in general you do die too much <laughs> who's sean bean again Barnum of here. course of course he is bottom he does die too much yeah but sean astin is exactly who i meant sorry if you recall my comments were basically can we not just leave the kids alone yeah, give just them a, give, give them, them break. a happy ending, that poor wee soul. Which I don't agree with, because that sounds like a really boring ep- episode, season of TV. No, but you, I Let's know. Let's just like, follow the kids as they play D&D every day. <laughs> I know, but just that last flicker of the final episode of season two, I was like, come on. Yeah, the monster's still there, yeah. Hasn't all, hasn't the, you know, Winona Ryder been through enough? Hasn't her son suffered enough? Just, yeah. just like write them out of the show. Tell them everybody that they moved to Wisconsin and let the rest of them continue. But just let the wheel go. Yeah, I mean, maybe oh, they'll my. get a happy ending. So we get and we get a dark series that ends well, or maybe season five or seven ends well. Um, this one is set in the summer, so that's fun. Okay. Uh, it's got it's gonna be in a mall, so that's fun. The whole season in the mall. There's going to be very heavily mall-oriented. And as a bunch of people who live in the UK, that resonates with me. <laughs> I was in a mall once. Right. Uh, time is slipping away very quickly. Let's review uh, what we've been watching this week. James, have you been watching anything? Oh, I just, I've been watching some of uh, 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 some people playing D&D, literally. This is very relevant. There's, All right. a, there's, a, there's a stream... And it's called Critical Role, and I finished season one, which is like almost 400 hours of <laughs> content. Okay, well. Um, I cried at the end. Really? Genuinely. Wow. Well, it's a whole bunch of like actual voice actors doing characters and stuff, so it feels pretty real. 400 hours? Yeah, it did take me a year and a half, and I was doing it while I was working and stuff, because it's audio mainly. Uh-huh. You don't need to see people acting. Oh man. Sitting at a table. That's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. So I'm starting season two now. Okay, well, anyway, well, let's talk about things that other people might actually have a chance of seeing. You can uh, see it for free online. Okay. The Meg. TV slash Critical Role. The Meg. We've been talking about this on and off for a while. It's Jason Statham versus a giant prehistoric extinct shark. And, and, and Rain Wilson. And Rain Wilson slash Dwight from The Office. It is bonkers. It's also, like, quite bad but in a forgivable sense. Okay. I'm not going to spoil... I mean, I'm it's, I'm not going to... You know, it's no secret to say that... You know, who, who's going to win at the end of the day? Obviously, Jason Statham. The people are going to beat the shark. Yes, they are. That's 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 a given. Uh, but the way in which they get there, and the fact... I must say, first of all, the film has had a massive Chinese influence, whether that be financial backing or whatever. Most of the film is set off the coast of China. There's yeah. a, several Chinese actors. Mm-hmm. And... I'll give them props for acting in their second language, but my goodness, it's like some of the dialogue is so terrible, and some of the scenes are so terrible yep. that you're like, how on earth has, has this just made the cut? It's it's 
It's ba- like it's bad, but limited production time is the answer to that question. Well, well, yes, but also I guess just you know if you're acting in English and your first language is Mandarin, yeah, it's gonna you're gonna struggle. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But and as as would a real life person speaking English when their first language is Mandarin, indeed, so got, it, maybe it was for realism. Yeah, so oh, potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some peculiar scenes. Uh, yeah, dialogue is ropey. Uh, that being said, Rain Wilson is very good. They do hold off showing the shark for quite some time, which I also appreciated. But then also there's just some just some ridiculous scenes. But the, the thing is, if you're going to go see Jason Statham fight a shark, that's literally you know what it is. going to be ridiculous. Like, the, the, the film ends with Jason Statham fighting the shark. Mm-hmm. This is, and that's what it boils down to. If you can handle Does that... Does he punch it in the nose? I hear that's what you do to sharks. You he, punch yeah, them in the nose. Yeah, and he punches for the nose and the eye, and that's that's partly how he defeats that's, it. That's the, that's the critical combo on a shark. You do that, they'll die. But when you have films which include lines like, have we just created a super highway for prehistoric sharks? That's yeah, when you're like, well, right, have. I don't ca- I, I've My brain has been ejected from my head. And is somewhere in the marina ch- yeah, trench. Yeah, however, you probably got exactly what you were expecting, which is what we want from Well, exactly. Films. So on a scale of what, on what I was expecting, zero to one, it's a one. It's a one. And that's what we want from films. I approve of this film. Right. Last but not least, uh, in terms of reviews, sorry, dear listener, more to come. Luke Cage, I am on episode 10. I still finished it. I haven't <laughs> undone that. Three more episodes. Thanks, James. Three more episodes to go. It's the same complaint as before in that it is so drawn out. There are scenes and there are conversations which in any other TV show, in any other film, would not be included. Mm-hmm. I know they're trying to make the characters more fleshed out and all that, but you're just like, this is boring. Yeah. I don't care. And it's not fleshing any characters out. There's There was a scene between Shades and Comanche who were sitting back to back in a barber's oh, yeah. for completely, for no reason whatsoever. Like, they go into the shop, they have a probably a 10 minute scene together and then they get up and leave i think that was establishing that when they were in prison together they hooked up yes but you didn't need 10 minutes to do that no i don't really remember much else of what they spoke about during that scene so i can confirm it didn't matter much it was one of these ones where you're like is are they talking about what we're what we think we're talking about yes yes we are okay they are great I didn't. This helps them no end. They just needed. They need. There's so much filler. They need to cut down Marvel. Just please cut, there, cut down your series lengths. The editing. Please, 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 please. Compared to the first two episodes, does even itself out. It does. And I do enjoy the villain. I think he is a bit more fleshed out and less superhero-y than I was expecting, which is good. Some of his some of his plots and ideas are just real dumb. I don't understand. I don't know how far on you are, but some of the things he does just make no sense from a bad guy perspective. Well, absolutely. There's there's one, and this isn't a spoiler because she's not dead, but he does try, and it's the middle of the season when it happens. She, He is intent on killing Mariah Stokes. Stokes. I was going to say Carrie. <laughs> Mariah Stokes, in which, uh, in the, the way he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. And so he sets the house on fire and leaves. He just leaves and immediately goes to a party. While the house is still on fire, and while it's still on fire, he makes it the whole way there. And while it's still on fire, and she's not burned to death, he he commences the party and yep. and and just and looks like he's won and he's got his victory clothes on. She's busy getting rescued because he didn't leave some guy there to confirm that she got burned to death. And I know it's just classic like villain stereotype. Oh yes, I need to kill you, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna hope that this works but like if you've got a lifelong vendetta against someone surely you just like stand outside and listen to them scream so yeah exactly so you're right 
but the thing is, I've got another three episodes to go, so full review to come. Let's move Can't on. Can't wait to talk about Luke Cage for the sixth week in a row. <laughs> Let's move on. Here, the listeners are hanging on our every word. Mulan, another Disney reboot. The first look at the film uh, starring a bunch of um, well-known actors, including Donnie Yen from Star Wars Rogue One, who's awesome. And Jimmy Wong from the internet. There we go, Jimmy Wong from the internet. Uh, Lou, I was going to say, Lou Wi-Fi. No, Lou <laughs> Yi-Fi. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that one killed me a bit. <laughs> Lou Yi-Fi is the, uh, the main character. And uh, have you seen the picture? Yeah, I have. She looks great. She looks great. She does. Okay, moving on. This Holmes, film could be good. <laughs> Holmes and Watson. The thing is, yeah, you're right. I think the film itself, and I read an interview with the director, is not going to have any singing or any music or any songs. Oh, interesting None. choice. So it's going to be very much more kind of oriental thriller. I'm and sticking for, more to the source I'm material. I'm for this, and they're filming it in New Zealand. As a, so it's going to look good. Yeah, as opposed to who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? And Why then, is my reflection and so... Then, uh, and then, uh, I'm a dragon. I yeah. brought you porridge. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be none of that. Uh, which is a shame, but otherwise. Holmes and Watson, that's another film which is on the way. The first picture of that's been released. It's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley reuniting for the first time since Step Brothers. They're a good team. They are, but this picture just kind of filled me with dread. Like, I well, saw it. Uh, I, was, I say they're a good team. John C. Riley is a good team. <laughs> I don't like Will Ferrell. He, he hasn't been funny to me in a very long time. He is hit and miss depending on his material. But this picture in which he is obviously sucking a pipe and John C. Riley looking very much like Watson. Because, mm-hmm. uh, of course, John C. Riley is the, the sidekick as opposed to the main character. Uh, I just I just didn't like it. It's like it's it's fine, but it just looks like two kids playing dress up. But maybe that's what the whole thing is. This is actually Step Brothers 3 daydreaming about being Sherlock Holmes and Watson, Dr. John Watson. That's the full title. Right. On to some trailers uh, before we finish up. The first one we're going to look at is a drama, which looks to me like it's aiming for the Oscars. It's starring Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, uh, of course, hot off his win from a couple of years ago, directed by uh, Peter Farrelly, who is uh, better known as the from the Farrelly brothers, who make terrible, terrible comedies. Mm-hmm. But it's his first, or certainly his first in a long time, stab at something serious. It's called Green Book. Let's have a listen. We will be interacting with some of the wealthiest people in the country. It is my feeling that your addiction Oof. could use some finessing. Oh, what, why are you breaking my balls? Because you can do better, Mr. Balalonga. Dear Dolores. I saw Dr. Shirley play the piano. He's like a genius, I think. Come on, take it easy. I prefer not to get grease on my blanket. Ooh, I'm gonna get grease on my blanket. James, I know your voice is going. I just nearly died there. Uh, Give me a a quick summary of what you make of this. All right, so racist, crude white guy and talented, posh black guy go on a road trip and learn lessons from each other. Oscar, please. End scene. I, I, that's, yeah, that's basically what I was going to say about it as well. Uh, Slaughterhouse Rules, this is well, a new... I, I, I also say it looks pretty good, but... <laughs> Oscar, please. Yeah. Um, I'll add to that and say, yes, they are obviously going for the Oscars, but I could very much see this going down, like, mediocre, middle of the roads, good average. A, good acting, good acting could do it. They're both talented people. Yes. And if, if the writing's good, this could be a very good film. Okay, let's move on. Slaughterhouse Rules. The other trailer we're going to look at for this week is the new film from Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost. 
Which I guess, yeah, Nick Frost technically he was in it a wee bit. He's in it a wee bit. He's not like the main guy. Yeah, but he's in it for a little bit. It's a horror comedy. Let's have a quick listen. There's something in the woods. What the devil? That hole is a gateway, and it leads straight down to hell. Now, who wants to buy some drugs? James, go. As a genre, I'm a fan of good horror comedy and by that i don't mean like something that's just trying to be laugh at like funny every two seconds with something along the lines of attack the block which makes you chuckle while also being scared at things yes so no, i like attack the block this one's about a bunch of kids trying to survive and probably getting killed which you know like attack the block could work very well because i like that film a lot so i'm going to base this whole thing on that film being good yeah uh, if you've not seen attack the block is the film which actually launch the career of Boyega John Boyega from Star Wars uh if you've not seen it it's tremendous really good film the problem I have with this is that I think Simon Pegg has set the bar so high for his own kind of brand of horror comedy Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz in particular that everything afterwards is just looked back and be like is it as good a Hot Fuzz is it as good as Shaun of the Dead no I did see that he was eating what I believe to be a Mars Chalk Ice so maybe this will be the Mars Chalk Ice trilogy wow okay Uh, after all that fun and games uh, it's time to discuss some serious news what's the jingle for serious news serious news on the podcast how's that Good, right. Well, thankfully, there's no Donald Trump in sight this time. Let's. Because uh, let's... I forgot the jingle for him already. <laughs> Donald Trump on a podcast. Oh yeah, that's the. I, like, I think most of our jingles seem pretty similar that's... so far. I, pre- I pressed the button for that one. Uh, <laughs> let's go first of all. Let's go. Let's go to the plane thief uh, to start with. This was the story of 29-year-old Richard Russell, who has been working at, at Seattle Airport for three and a half years, and last week stole an empty plane, a 76-seater plane. Uh, flew around for about an hour, uh, an hour 15, was chased by two F-15 fighters. He was doing barrel rolls. He did loop-de-loops and he crashed and yeah. and died. Yeah, yeah. How can somebody steal a plane? Well, because he was allowed to be near them. It was his job, I believe, at least some part of his job, a lot of luggage moving, probably. Part, part of his job was to like move the planes from takeoff position or rather like landing position to near airport position right okay. so he's driving them with the thingy that pulls planes and then he pulled a plane and he was like actually i'm gonna make this one ready for takeoff and then take it off and apparently he didn't find it too difficult to take off a plane because maybe they're really easy to use these days he also yeah he also managed to do barrel rolls in a loop-de-loop yeah he seemed reason like i would think that if i tried to fly a plane i would last maybe a couple of seconds <laughs> Whereas this is changing my mind. Maybe I'd last more than a couple of seconds because he'd never flown one before. He's no pilot. He played some video games. I've played video games. He did die though, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an unusual one because they've got the black box and they've got the recording and apparently he was making jokes about you know would Alaska Airlines hire him if he yeah, sticks a landing. He was chatting to air traffic control most of the time he was there, and he said some really profound stuff. Some stuff that's connected with the internet but he was just trying to escape and he just wanted to enjoy the scenery and he was know. also looking for the coordinates of the killer whale which was carrying a dead calf on his nose yeah he was trying to find the, the killer whale that was all on its own and lost its pod which has now rejoined the herd it has i saw that yeah pod. okay well anyway let's move on but no that's like it's a very sad story and like he, like something must have just clicked in his brain that day that set him off the edge because apparently there was no signs before this of any like 
thoughts of doing such things and you know but it hit the internet where it hurts everyone's connecting to the things you were saying okay so let's move on to something even more harrowing uh in yemen this was um a few days ago now there was a bombing or sorry an airstrike of a bus this was last thursday in which an airstrike of a marketplace 29 civilians killed most of them 60 something injured children uh after yes it was a the article here in the guardian describes it as being killed by a u.s-backed saudi-led coalition airstrike which yeah hit a bus um i think yeah at a marketplace i'm pretty sure um, we can call it uk backed as well why has there not been an outcry about this because this is awful well the article says there has been international outcry but i has think there? so far as that is there's like some people in the un i believe the chief of the un and the main un rep for yemen have said hey investigate this please and there's some other international groups that are saying oh investigate this please i'm pretty sure it's a bit beyond investigation at least like hint that like what the investigation the outcome should be like investigate to find out who needs to be removed from office put in prison for murdering folks like civilians who have a right to be out of harm's way no matter what wars are going on like at what point do the international community and everybody else say no 29 dead children we like this well, this is this is a problem this, you can't be doing this the, the situation in yemen is is ongoing we've, we've they're basically starving to death the whole country basically starving to death out of medical supplies like diseases that were eradicated in the world hundred years ago are returning because it's they're so stricken with this now all because the saudis and the uae are wanting to stop someone rebelling and the the us and the uk are on the saudi side because they they give us oil i suppose like how much does it take for our government to go oh wait maybe we're doing a bad thing here let's stop giving them guns let's stop giving them money and let's like make sure the civilians in yemen the people that aren't a part of this war don't get killed Okay, well, we're almost out of time, but there's perhaps a reason why the Yemeni story has not made the headlines. I got it, I got it, because we care about people who get casted in roles more. Yes, we do. We do care about that, and we also we care more about um, Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn. We doing... do. We care about them more, because those, atro- those atrocities in comparison, all these things that we are suffering, miscasting of characters and like misrepresentation and slight racism. Pales in comparison to Bar- Boris Johnson talking about women wearing burqas and also jeremy corbyn he's not had a great week i mean when has he ever not had a good week yeah as long as like the bbc exists and the daily mail keeps digging into every day of his history he's not going to have one is he it's after yeah the the daily mail found um an incident in 2014 in which jeremy corbyn at that point a backbencher for labor had been invited to a ceremony in tunisia by the uh, tunisian prime minister to lay a wreath to some victims of a, 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 I think it was an atrocity in 1972, it was the Munich terror attack, actually, um, in which there's now been some sort of consternation and fuss over the fact that Mr. Corbyn was perhaps actually laying the wreath um, for the perpetrators. Now, in 2004, and this is the, the topic I'd like to bring up, Jack Straw laid a wreath, who was the, the Labour Foreign Secretary at that point, to Yasser Arafat, who was the kind of globally recognised Palestinian leader, but also had his fair share of kind of... Uh, Atrocities. Yes, absolutely. What's the difference then between Jack Straw doing that and Jeremy Corbyn? And of course, he's denying he, you know, the wreath was for that. And he said, oh, I didn't know that, blah, 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 blah. What's the difference? Like, why is everybody jumping on him about this? I'm going to suggest it's because people don't like Jeremy Corbyn and the people that don't like him are the current establishment. 
i.e. like the current government and the media for, for whatever reason because he'd be bad for them because they're going out of their way to keep carbon in the headlines as like the evil of the evil like the worst guy that could ever possibly exist when they didn't get onto the bashing of boris bandwagon until the conservatives said so took like three days or something ridiculous uh, yeah. one day i'll not exaggerate too much okay well this is the the final story for the week on cease parade boris johnson is facing an investigation for his own uh, from his own company for his comments for his own company, company. for his own party. party sorry the conservatives for his comments in which he described women wearing the burqa as like bank robbers and letterboxes what did you make of what he said, James? It was pretty terribly insensitive. He's been described, yeah, as insensitive, racist, xenophobic. Polls have found, however, and I take this with a pinch of salt because it was The Sun and also Sky News. Ah. It's found that the majority of Brits are actually very much, uh, it's kind of split 50-50, but most are in agreement that what he said was not racist. An investigation is not needed. Now, I would well, say... Well, it's a religious thing, right? The burqa rather than a racial thing. So yes. technically, maybe they're correct. It's not racist. But Islamophobic, it is impeding, Yeah, Islamophobic or whatever whatever religion. Phobic. Uh, but it is impeding on someone's right to express their religious beliefs, whether or not that right is a good or a bad one. Um, you, you probably shouldn't mock the people in any way, especially if they're con- your constituents. Because he was complaining about them showing up to his speeches. Yeah. So is, they're literally there. Is an investigation little more than a show trial? Probably. But they also, the Conservatives don't like Boris right now, so maybe they're trying to get rid of him for a wee bit. It was just embarrassing to me that it wasn't reported. Aside, I saw it on Reddit before I saw it on any of our news sites, and it, it was only once the Conservatives had officially gone against Boris that it started getting reported at all. It just re- genuinely these days is seeming like our media is bandwagoning under one party. Which is the Tories at this point. Yeah, time. and that's an issue. I, would, I don't care what party they're bandwagoning under. That's an issue if you've got unbiased reporting. It's also a case of Boris just very, very keen to remain in the spotlight. I mean, he's resigned. Yeah. Which leaves him... Out of the spotlight very yeah, much. So. so he's got to do speeches and he's got to find controversy because that gets you popularity. And if this is just another pit stop in his route to the Prime Minister's post, which in a world of Donald Trump and Anyone Brexit, can do it, yeah. I'm not going to rule that out. Yep. James, I think that brings us to the end of uh, episode 140 of Cease yeah. Operate. So yeah, Boris, if you want to be on the show, please let us know. Uh, promise we won't we won't ask any difficult questions. You're a smart man, really. We know, like, and the whole buffoon goof thing is just an act. Yeah. So you come on here. We're audio only, so you wouldn't have to muss up your hair. You can keep your hair like the way you like it, and your okay. tie fully done to the to to your Adam's apple. Thank you, Brew Dog, for your uh, delightful punk IPA. I do like punk IPA. I have uh, nearly finished it. James, how was your lime sip? A lime sip helped me to not cough for the first half of the podcast, and then I ran out of lime sip. Should have had the beer. I didn't do that. Okay. Well, I will see you for episode 141, and all you lovely people listening. Thank you for listening, if you have indeed. Yeah. Bye, everyone. At home. Bye, Boris. Bye, Jeremy. Goodbye, Netanyahu.